and welcome to Plaster Negotiations, where none of the debates are legally binding. I'm your host, Mike Stotes. This week's Cold Open is brought to you by Mark Morrison off of his album, Return of the Mac. It's like we're like trying to preview something like somebody whose name might have an MC and it might be back. I don't know. Who knows what's going yeah, on? Yeah, it's it's really just amazing that we were able to just have this forethought that it, I would it, be back. Yeah. Yeah, it was so weird. It was so weird. I wonder who just said that. But anyways, on Plaster Negotiations, we usually cover sports and some other news bits while consuming adult beverages. The topics don't really get harder to debate, but the panel's ability to speak English does, especially Benner. We have panelists this week, Ryan Benner himself and the Mac, Caleb McChesney, our designated debater. He's back. I'm sure you couldn't tell that from that weird voice that came on earlier. Indeed, indeed. And special guest, he's on for his second show, his first with me, Canadian Ryan, back on, and we appreciate him coming back to join us. Smiles as ever. Yeah, look at him. What's look the at word, him. Boys? This is this is just proving that Canadians are nice. All Canadians are nice. <laughs> it's incredible. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to dispel those uh, narratives and like the time span we have. So... <laughs> Canadians going to war. We got bows coming out, folks. It's going to be great. Anyways, let's go. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. And we welcome you guys to our first YouTube episode. If you're watching us, Um, if you're still listening to us, um, that's cool. You know, radio is still around. Uh, We appreciate your listen. But we're also, you know, on the YouTubes now. What is it, McChesney? Is radio still alive? Um, well, I mean, if you get in your car and turn on that middle thing, then yeah. I don't know. I just, I open my car. It's just straight to Bluetooth. It's weird. Weird, weird, weird. Gen Z having all the solutions. Anyways, as usual, we're going to start with opening statements. Two minutes per person. And hey, because you said it's been a month, McChesney, we're going to start with you. Any, and we're implementing a new rule starting this week, mostly because Alonzo isn't here and it's easier to implement when he's not. Um, every second over two <laughs> minutes, like per minute. So like if you're at 201, 301, etc., is a shot. So at 201, you do a shot. At 301, you do a shot. At 401, you do a shot. So, you know, if you want to do a lot of shots, talk for 30 minutes um, and we'll call the coroner. In my case, um, it'd be cucumber Gatorade or flaming hot Mountain Dew, or we're still calling the coroner. <laughs> we'll we'll yeah, still call sure. the coroner for uh, diabetes, but uh, the Mac, give it to us. Your opening statement clock starts when you go. Yeah, so it was a long, painful month for me. Uh, I caught influenza. That wasn't fun. Last time I don't get my flu shot, let me tell you. But uh, I'm back. I'm good. Glad to be back. I had an itch to scratch, and that uh, itch has been scratched. Um, I guess I'll take a my remaining minute and a half to uh, send a shout out to uh, Tristan who's listening and his dad who uh, passed away in February, but it's his first birthday since the, uh, the event has taken place. And um, just want to shout out to Tom and Tristan and uh, wish him a happy birthday, wherever he might be. So it should be, it should be a fun show. I have, I'm in good spirits. Yes, yes. R.I.P. to Tristan's father. And uh, we're sorry, Tristan, that he couldn't join us this time, although it is completely and totally understandable. I do have confirmation that he is he is interested still. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll be on. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. But um, yeah, good tribute. Good tribute. So 
Uh, with that, let's move on to Benner. Benner, what dimension are you in? And uh, whenever you start talking, uh, you know, the clock starts. Oh, oh, we're here. So no worries there. Um, I mean, I got to... I'm starting out by my statement. Just I got to give a shout out to the beers I will be consuming in this episode. I went and got some local brews. Oh, the first one is called Max the Mighty. It is a new English style pale ale from False Idol Brewing Company. Okay. Uh, this one, white chocolate peanut butter cream ale from the Ingenious Brewing Company out of Humble, Texas. I've actually had that. It's not bad. I, I saw the peanut butter chocolate. I was like, we're going for this. And then the third, which I will be starting off with, um, is a recommendation from Stotzi himself as of yesterday. It is the Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager. And we will be... I think what he meant to say was he's going to remand his time (laughs) to uh, the good of the order. But uh, before we do, gentlemen, can I get a hell yeah? Hell Hell yeah! yeah. Let's fucking go! All right. I did right. have I did have one one thing I was going to talk about. But I still got time. I already restarted it, but go for it. Let's, let's fuck it. We'll start again. I just got to give a quick shout out to uh, booking random rock concerts. Um, local radio station in back in Colorado Springs, where I'm from, ninety four point three Kilo. They're celebrating their forty fifth anniversary. Weird year to be celebrating, uh, but they're doing so by hosting. Um, a kind of small festival they call Rockzilla, the second leg, is the most 2000s rock show ever featuring Papa Roach, Falling in Reverse, Hollywood Undead, and Escape the Fate. And I was like, oh, that's not a bad lineup if you want to go back to early 2000s. I may go back and I may go watch, go back and watch that for just shits and giggles. The catch is, and I don't understand the planning behind this, is that it's on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just on a random fucking Wednesday in February in Colorado Springs. Like, hey, we're going to have a massive birthday celebration where we rock the fuck out. It's on a Wednesday. Yeah, like, come on, guys. You got to go to work the next morning. <laughs> and there's going to be snow fucking everywhere. So, <laughs> come on. Rock uh, on. <laughs> yeah. Get your walkers ready, Gen X. Let's go. <laughs> I close my time. All right. All right. So I'll go next. Uh, Normally I talk about Subarus and this week isn't any different other than I think it's actually kind of funny this week instead of just pure bitching. Um, So mentioned it before, going to mention it again, always going to mention it is um, up in New England. It's one way streets both ways. It sucks. So if somebody's doing something in front of you, well, you're SOL. So I was driving through my town um, and some guy was pulling out of a parking spot. I thought, you know, I'll be nice. And then this guy literally parrot or, um, you know, on the same uh, goal line extended, if you will, as uh, the guy pulling out, he's trying to turn left, go the way I'm going. And so he pulls this shit after the guy fully pulls out and is like starting to accelerate forward. And um, have you guys ever had that moment where you're like just so mad, but you have to say something. You have to say something every or day. Else, it, yeah, or else very bad things are going to happen. I didn't have time to think about it. I really didn't. And so I see this happening. I roll down my window in anticipation, like here we fucking go again. And 
about 31 outside, roll down the window, stick my head out. And I just look at this car, which again was a Subaru. I really want to emphasize that it pulls out, it's going off. And, and I just yell out, Oh my God, bud, go and give your fucking balls a tug. And I don't know where the fuck that came from. I don't know. I don't know. And because my time's running out, I remand the rest of my time for the good of the order. Uh, I can't wait for the rebuttal period. Ugh. I can't wait either. But before we get there, Canadian Ryan, <laughs> tell the folks some things. No timer. You're good. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm, I've been a friend of Caleb's for eight years. I mean, I, I was on this show like back in, I think, the end of October, early November. Trade deadline. Yeah, Trade deadline. Yeah, it was about a month Deadline. Ago. We did some Super Bowl predictions, and I would like to take a shot, because I'm Canadian, of Crown Royal Salted Caramel. Ooh. Shit, if you like uh, fries and stuff like that. Because my Super Prediction is looking like shit. I won't lie. I picked the Bills and Buccaneers to be in that big dance, and well, Josh Allen's elbow kind of exploded on him, and Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich are too far gone beyond saving. <laughs> so... <laughs> I will take a shot for what will be a horrible prediction that I probably get wrong. So hey, I had it in the preseason. I just jumped off of it way faster than you did. <laughs> you know me though. I'm a Brady fan. I'll 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 ride with the Yeah, Ben or you think I'm bad with Tom Brady. Wait till you get a load of this guy. I oh, don't yeah. give a shit about Tom Brady. You got the wrong one that's gonna worry about that. <laughs> Well, oh, yeah, I, I just got you confused with Cade because you came in here calling me a bitch, and that's usually what Cade does. I haven't seen you in a month. You're automatically a bitch. I haven't seen Cade since, like, <laughs> September. Yeah, that's true. You guys haven't hooked up, but that's okay. All right, Canadian Ryan, have you taken the shot yet? Up to right now. To. Skull. Bottoms up. That a boy. Oh, that looks good. Okay. Oh, fucking... even, even, you... even the Canadian shots are good. Caleb, you can't say that looked good. You're 20. I can say it looked good. I just can't. Uh... He, he doesn't know how it tastes. I swear, people. He doesn't know. Uh, my taste buds are just obliterated. Yeah. From not shots. From not shots. Crown Royal. Definitely not. So Crown with Royal. that, we're going to go to a rebuttal period. What do we so got, Sto- boys? Stokes, what was the what was the brand? What was the, like the what was this, this Subaru model? OK, because I need to know if you bumped it. If you bumped into my little brother at least once. It, it, it was a blue Subaru Outback. It's Ooh. like that baby blue that they're like, oh, look, we have a different color than all the American models. Huh? And it's like, oh, my God, every other fucking Subaru is a baby blue Subaru. So come on. Yeah, definitely. Get original. Definitely not my brother. All right. But you ever see a little shitbox Subaru driving around? It's definitely my little brother. So he like, drives a brown Subaru? <laughs> no, it's a shitbox. It's blue, but it's a shitbox. It just so maybe it might have been his well, car no, no, needs no, no. A, was... his car needs a new car basically. Oof, oof. So uh, you ever you know this you know the Circle K off campus when you're driving when you're driving mm-hmm. down into wherever you might go he works mm-hmm. there nights. No shit. You ever drive by late and you see that little blue Subaru that's that's him that's and him. feel free and feel free to ram into it because he needs a new car anyway. Like in Durham. <laughs> yeah. No shit. I'm gonna yeah. go harass the fuck out of him because I don't <laughs> like my Circle K. But yeah, let's go. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Boys. And just call just call him Caleb. Whoa. Just to screw them. Hey, uh, he looks Caleb. nothing like me, but <laughs> you know, Caleb. Um, 
do you think your uh, brother has like the uh, check engine on? The oh, absolutely. The is, every on. light that's on on that dashboard is on. Like, <laughs> it's the Christmas that, spirit, that, boys. <laughs> Everybody's flashing high beams. And he's just like, I don't know why your high beams are on <laughs> because every light is on. <laughs> That uh, that man's gonna cause an accident because it's like turn signal won't turn on. <laughs> Somehow he has both of them on at the same time while he's going. Emergency flashers in between. Holy shit! That's, that's actually impressive. Reverse that, lights on while he's pulling forward. <laughs> that accident's gonna involve. That accident's gonna involve stoves just because of a Subaru luck. Oh yeah, in the whole way, I'm just gonna be like, you goddamn sons of bitches, and then just it's gonna be over. Did you like, did your voice crack when you did that? Dude. Okay. So again, this was from my subconscious. I was not thinking about fucking um, Jared Kiso. I was not thinking about Letterkenny. I was not thinking about his hockey show. Shorzy. Oh my God. Like I, that was nowhere near my mind. And then all of a sudden, Holy fuck. Oh, and give your balls a tug. I don't know where that came from. So I uh, real quick, I had though. to talk about that with people like, <laughs> This was awful. So I, I don't know what happened. So initially, I, I I can't lie. Initially, he he sounds like Leonard Kenny, but when he said it like when he did it again like 20, thirty seconds ago, um, before he told the story again, he sounded like the Mister Me off of the old Saturday Night Live. Oh no! No, <laughs> oh, we got some references this time. If if you if you've never if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just go on YouTube and just look up. I think it's Mr. Me. Um, it's an old Saturday Night Live mascot. He was just made out of Play-Doh, and they would just find a random skits of like, how can we destroy this Play-Doh guy? Yeah. And it, it involved like setting him on fire, throwing him off buildings, or just hitting him with a Subaru. Um, but every single time, the one, only thing you'd hear is, "Oh no." Oh no! Yeah, Stokes is like, yeah, that's the one use of a Subaru that I that I support. Yeah, yeah, we we always have commonalities between all of our peoples. Like, I was down at a bar a little bit ago. Oh, shocker! I'm sorry, um, but I was the only one in there pulling for France. Um, Ew. Yeah, you would think you, but if you think really hard about it, the English have invaded us a lot more than the French, and yeah, have needed we, our help a lot times, more than the French. So. Yeah, we did. And which is why I want them. It's called soccer. Fuck. Fuck. And now let's go ahead and get into our DOS boot topic of the week. (laughs) Mostly because McChesney's tired of talking about soccer the first time I bring it up, bastard. CU Boulder shaking up the college football world. For those of us living under a rock, Dion Prime Tom Baby Sanders signed a $29.5 $29.5 million deal with the Buffs to become the richest per year football coach in that school's history. A veteran of both Major League Baseball and the NFL, Coach Prime has brought a lowly Jackson State to national prominence in his short time there. Benner, as a native Coloradan, what does bringing Prime to the Mile High State mean for West Coast football? I mean, I think for West Coast, I think it just means that the Pac-12 ain't dead yet. Um, you know, Pac-12, Pac-12 has always been kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the Power Five conferences these last few years outside of UCLA and LSC. 
Utah, those those three programs like have kind of like been the face and no one else. Um, Oregon, when they're the once in a while that they're actually good. Um, but there hasn't been like really much to, like hype up that conference. And now you have USC and UCL leaving um, for the Big Ten. The running gag all season long was like the Pac-12 is going to fall apart. The Pac-12 is basically dead at this point. Here comes one of the most prolific individuals in sports in general, football, baseball, coaching, the man that can make any comments um, uh, just put on repeat for the world to hear. Deion Sanders, the dude is an icon. Um, you know, it's a very, very flashy move, but it brings some life to pack the Pac-12 that it really hasn't had outside of those prominent schools so it's going to do wonders on media and marketing for the ncaa on that and on the west coast but it's like you want to see more of a a bigger impact you got to look at what it's doing to uh boulder and the local the local mindset the local energy it's just been skyrocketing it's been nothing for positive this entire week um you know it's just been it's outrageous to kind of see what's already happening in the atmosphere that's changing on campus. Um, you know, the last 20 years, the CU, CU buffs have been nothing. There's been nothing to celebrate about that program right now. This feels like the, like the most legit actual football move that's actually been made to, to better, better the program this time, you know, the average Colorado fans like, Oh, you're actually trying now when you do a hire like that and you pay the money like that. Um, there's a there's a waiting list for season tickets for the first time. There's a waiting list for suites. There's, I think what I saw was over four hundred thousand dollars in one week in just new um, new gear in the bookstore and on fanatics and all that. I've, the energy has been amazing. It's going to do wonders for the Pac-12. Going to do wonders on the West Coast where college football is kind of very much looked down upon and it's going to be even better for, for Boulder as a whole. And to follow up on your bookstore bit um, in our group chat, uh, Benner bought a coach prime shirt. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm investing. I'm usually the first person to buy new gear too. So I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Canadian Ryan prime to see you Boulder. What does that mean for college football? Well, <laughs> you know, quote coach prime you know everybody get out we're bringing in i got i you know it's paraphrasing everybody get out we're bringing in louie so go hit the transfer portal and that's honestly like you look at colorado then they've been sorry as fuck over like the past you know like you said 20 years or whatever my entire lifetime i'm 22 i don't think i've ever seen colorado be relevant in my life on the college football landscape you know he's he's probably gonna bring in guys like you know travis hunter i'd imagine he's gonna follow him that was his kid top of group you know, his Shadur Sanders, yep, Brady Brand athlete. I have to shout that out. Um, you know, he's gonna I saw he flipped a kid from Notre Dame or he's going to flip a kid from Notre Dame. He's gonna from bring Notre in Dame. Mm. Yeah. Not like not some sorry West Coast program, but Notre Dame, who has been the college program for over a hundred years. That's what program. they'll tell you anyway. <laughs> that's true my grandfather was a notre dame fan sorry i get excited when they lose but uh sorry yeah, so do I. yeah go on with yourself canadian ryan <laughs> but yeah um you know he's really gonna 
like uh, Banner said, he's going to bring the Pac-12 to prominence, which when they're losing their moneymaker, m- not moneymakers, I'm sorry, UCLA is not a moneymaker in Big 2022. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, they can't even fill out the Rose Bowl, so they're sorry. Um, you know, you're going to look for other teams to fill that void that USC is going to, you know, the USC departure is going to fill or create. So Colorado coming in with Coach Prime, his, you know, star recruits, his son, Travis Hunter, all these guys. Colorado's going to be booming. You know, I follow a few Colorado football fans on my Twitter. I don't know how. And these guys are, they're buzzing. You know, they're going crazy on Twitter, man. Like, I've never seen more Colorado football tweets in my life in the past, like, you know, week and a half. Neither is Colorado. No, we have not. Like, I can't. mostly, oh, hey, season's back. Uh, Okay, I don't care. (laughs) Baseball's still going on. Oh, no, the Rockies suck. Okay. (laughs) I I can't stress enough, and I'm not looking at you writing. Can you hear in a second? I can't stress enough how abysmal the college football scene has been in Colorado because <laughs> there's there's three key programs: CU Boulder, CSU, mm-hmm. and the Air Force Academy. Mm-hmm. Out of those three, the one that is the most successful, Air Force, is Air Force. <laughs> I bet I live thirty minutes. I grew up thirty minutes away from the Air Force Academy. You know how many games I went to. I, h- half a game. I went for two quarters. <laughs> the, That's so, so bad. No one cares as good as like as some as successful as Air Force has been. I wouldn't say they're good. They've just been successful in a Mountain West conference. Um, no one cares about the Air Force. CSU is so disappointing. Hey, C- I love the Air Force. I, Top Gun was an amazing movie I saw over the summer. My favorite shirt in high school was an Air Force track and field shirt. I'll have you know, sir. Okay, everyone out of state likes the Air Force. As the locals can say, they just suck. Um, <laughs> they do. Beautiful cathedral, though, on campus. So. Yes, did my dad help renovate? Yes, yep. Ooh. Papa Benner doing work. Papa Benner doing work. Uh, but no, CSU has been abysmal. And then, you know, really the only thing that the CU Boulder football program has been known for is the the fifth down fiasco of Missouri and then sharing a co-championship. That's it. So didn't mean to interrupt you, Canadian Grind. I just like no, you're that's, that's the scene of college football in my home state. It ain't good. I mean, it beats the whole region of New England. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's true. But I think in the Midwest, they actually care enough. Yeah, no, we, it, if, it's, if it's not pros, we don't give a shit here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I live in a college town. I live in Columbus. So Buckeye's always booming here. Yeah. yeah. My pick to win the uh, national title, by the way. That's true. Yeah, I picked Ohio State. Ah, Okay. You got Bates and Stroud? (laughs) Yeah, I had, uh, I got Ohio State winning, obviously, against Georgia, and then I'll have Michigan beat TCU. And I think Ohio State's pissed about the way that their rival game went. And uh, you know, with them putting the flag in the middle of the field, I think I think that was just a really bad mood for Michigan. And I don't think Harbaugh has the kind of cojones to kind of step it up in the uh, national title game. And Ohio State wins in a blowout, but because that's how got, college football goes. Not that quickly before I move on to the next person. Um, if Ryan Day loses that theoretical national championship game, this is my take here. He gets fired. Like ooh. 
I, I don't know. They that... prioritize the Michigan game here like it's the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've seen some TikToks so, of like Michigan fans going to Ohio State and they just like get like verbally assaulted and almost physically assaulted. It's that's only because there's a camera. It's like the El Clasico in Spain, right? Like Barcelona versus Madrid, Real Madrid. Like that's your Super Bowl. You need mm-hmm. to win that shit. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we'll never know because for what happens to Ryan Day, because if he does win, he ain't going to be playing Michigan. Oh, man. <laughs> he's he's gonna be playing the horny toads hey yeah <laughs> hypno toad i'm sorry I'm, I'm just gonna say it now hypno toad ain't fucking making it <laughs> anyways let's go ahead and bring it back to coach prime mcchesney give us your uh opinion on prime heading to see you boulder and i'll be back in a second well i will keep this uh as much as stokes is getting up and leaving and he probably wants me to run with this a little bit longer than i should um, oh, i said i was gonna be back in a second come on just give him shit. Anyway, uh, yeah, so obviously Deion Sanders is kind of electric in anything he does. Uh, back at football day when he was on TV, when he played baseball, everybody's tuning in to Coach Prime, and now you know he renovated Jackson State. I think that was the college name. Forgive me. You know, you're um, right. I know. Jackson. Yeah, it's Jackson State. Jackson State. Okay, so he renovated that. That team looked really, really good, and now he's getting this big-time offer from Colorado, and this team looks great. Everybody's talking about how this reflects on the Pac-12 and others' interest. Are we forgetting that USC and UCLA are getting the fuck out of here? Right, but that's that's my point. Is that everyone like? I think I think the Pac-12 is done. Not now. Regardless, regardless of what this is, I think Colorado's making the first move out. The second, the Big Ten's like, oh hey, you want to come squeak in here real quick? Oh hey, uh, who else could we got? Maybe they go back to the Big Twelve. I don't know if that's necessarily an upgrade. But it's possible. I really just don't see the Pac-12, you know, really like sticking around. I think there's going to be a lot of colleges in that conference that are like, okay, we're going to take our talents over here. We're going to go over there. The lesser schools are going to be demoted again. I just don't see this being like, oh, my God, the Pac-12 is saved. Oh, thank Christ. Now it's entertaining. No, your two base schools are getting out of here. And is Colorado really going to be the front runner that everybody wants to love and see that keeps the conference together? I'm not going to be the guy who says that, this is how college football works because I could just be talking out of my ass and it really doesn't matter. But I just, I don't know. It, it doesn't make me any more interested. I mean, I didn't expect it to be interested in the beginning. You're not a college football guy. Like you said, I watched the Gophers for the first four weeks because it was a shit post. And then I got stuck with it. Mm. That's your <laughs> own damn fault. You should have read some of those blog posts I made. <laughs> That's your own damn fault. I mean, look, look my, I, like I said, my take I said the patch 12, like this is the thing that could save them. The reason being is you are you gonna tell me that the NCAA, the college football playoffs, and I, I'm just putting you in there because of just how much marketing they do, but you're gonna tell me that all these organizations that are involved with college football that are very nitpicky and very reliable on what they market during the season. That's why so many only so certain teams get looked at, Alabama, Georgia. Clemens, all those big schools. Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan and Ohio State, thank you. TCU. These, now, yeah. that's fucking hilarious, by the way. Um, Imperialist train fuckers. That's, that's, <laughs> a good, that's a good topic for later. Does TCU actually like stick around for relevance, or is this their one shot? Uh, but, I'll end that right now, no. But continue, Banner. <laughs> no, my, 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 my
Okay. They can barely what, bring their train to, to bowl games. They're not going to be around. They should have lost to Baylor. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get on that bandwagon right now. But, uh, Benner, go ahead and finish your statement. Yeah. The NCAA as a whole and all its organizations that work with are very knit, high and tight and Nick picky with their marketing. Now you got um, Deion Sanders, who is one of the most iconic figures in sports, in the history of sports, loves to talk, loves to be hot, just flashy and, and all that. You're going to tell me that the money, the marketing and the cameras aren't going to be on focus on the Pac-12 in Boulder all fucking year long. And as long as Dion is Dion. And they don't care if CU's winning or losing. Dion's Dion, the money in marketing and all that's going to be there. Well, so I that's I, me personally. My point was the Pac-12 sucks. It does suck. They're going to be looking for the first move to get Colorado out of there. They're going to let that conference dissolve. So you're saying, McChesney, that Colorado is going to try and uproot itself off of the preconceived notion of success of Coach Prime? Yes. I actually I that, kind of think that's fair. It's a fair comment. I'm not saying it's gone. Not. When you were gone, I'm just like talking and I'm like, I don't know if this is like even possible. Well, I hope you were that, talking. Or if this is how college <laughs> football works. Like, I was just like, this is kind of just how I feel. I don't feel very different about the Pac-12. I think it's still going to dissolve. And I think Colorado is going to be like, oh, when the other conferences are looking at teams to pull in. Oh, hey, Colorado is at the top of our list. Hey, I'm the Big Ten. Let's give uh, Colorado a call and offer them whatever so they can come into our conference. We'll demote somebody else, and Oregon will get moved around, Oregon State, whatever other colleges are relevant in the Pac-12. I don't have the list in front of me. Um, but that's just kind of how I feel. I don't think the Pac-12 is here to stay. I'm, I'm hmm. still kind of stuck in our, uh, com- our conversations from uh, last summer with, yeah. oh, hey, what about like these super conferences and super leagues? And with the playoff being expanded, it, it's – I think we're just come we're, we're coming into a position where instead of a power five, it's really kind of a power four. Oh I mean, yeah, you, with two divisions, twelve team, it, it it just the math makes sense to me, and I think that this is kind of where it's going to go. So you're you're it's it's not it's not a bad take, and it's not a it's not a wrong take. It's it's a very good take, especially coming from someone that like doesn't watch college football. Like I I applaud it, um, and like it wouldn't shock me if CU was like. Let's get the hell out of here. We have Dion money. Let's let's go. Like that easily could happen, and it wouldn't shock me. But it also wouldn't shock me if CU looked around in the Pac-12 and it's just like, oh, we have to compete with Oregon and Utah every single year. Okay, all the focus is going to be us. All the money is going to be us. Let's just go take over this program. Pac-12, Pac-12 still might die. But it wouldn't shock me to see you leaving when they can realize that real quick they become the face of their conference, which they've never been. So here's my here's my here here's a kind of a counter, um, and it's open for discussion for anybody here. And I get if money is the big thing here, and not just dominating some shit conference like Clemens in the ACC. What's more <laughs> valuable? What's more valuable? Okay, dominating a crap conference that's probably on its way out anyway, or competing with Michigan and Ohio state and all those guys in the big 10 championship, a conference that actually matters. What's better marketing for them dominating a shit conference where you got to play Oregon state for the conference title or them going and play in Ohio state for a big 10 title or whatever. I don't, I don't remember how all the divisions and stuff works. Sure, sure, sure. So I'm going to jump in first, mostly because this is 
tying into my statement on this matter mostly. Um, I think that Coach Prime is going to up the Pac-12 competition level, all right? Mostly because the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, <laughs> which the Mountain West is not in this it's, conversation whatsoever. Really, it's right, just how right. it's how they recruit is what I'm getting at. But the Pac-12 goes after kids that might be low-end five stars, high-end four stars, but might be a little bit out of position but want to play a certain position. The Mountain West does the same thing, only they go opposite side of the ball. So like if there's like a really fast tight end that wants wants to play wide receiver, they'll go to the Pac-12, even if they're from the East Coast. If there's a defensive end that wants to play nose tackle for whatever reason, you would want to do that. But hey, you know what? You do you. They would go to the Pac-12, that type of thing. Anyways, I think that Prime is going to not only at Colorado – raise their level of recruiting but elsewhere too because as we've seen throughout the history of the ncaa particularly since the 90s you have to meet your competition at the very least or you're fucking done as a school and so head coaches athletic directors particularly for football and basketball have always upped their game when things like this happen so i think what's going to end up happening your USC's and UCLA's, uh, sorry, Canadian Ryan for uh, the fake USC bit, but they're going to up their fucking recruiting. But USC like and crazy. UCLA are already out the door. No, well, yeah, yeah, you're they, right. They, they, I mean, they are. is it done done or can they reach? I they, think it's done done. I, 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 I do too. Deion, I don't think I, the Deion Sanders thing has any impact on that. I mean, they, I think they I, could I, retract. But okay, it would that's cost all them a, no, it would cost them a shit ton of money, though. Like a yeah. shit ton of money. Um, but, so how much faith do you put into Oregon and Oregon State and Utah to be like, all right, let's hammer down. Let's get this thing done. We got to meet Coach Prime. I, I don't Oregon, Oregon, I put Oregon, maybe in the world. Oregon can be like a little annoying, like Miami Hurricanes to the Colorado. Okay. Oh yeah, and and that's what they're going to be. It's going to be like the West Coast ACC. Can we, can we can we also just mention? Can we just also mention for a second? Minus the jail part. <laughs> I want to bring up two things. One, kind of like going back to like what Stokes is saying about like the competition getting amped up and like the type of recruits the patch of like targets. I'll, it is fair to note that the first day the transfer portal opened, <laughs> over 200 students reached out to see you. A bunch of four stars and a bunch of five stars. Holy crap. So was that just in football, though? Yes. Okay. Like for, I, I was for, just thinking, man, this could transcend sport, but okay. As far as I know. It could. It could. As far as I know, it was football only because – that's, I mean, unfortunately, I'm sure, there's some, I'm sure there's some figures in other sports that are like, oh, oh. Coach Prime's over there. That, that, that's, that's interesting. I'll go take my talents over to Colorado, have some fun playing basketball. Oh, I guarantee you. Yeah, yeah. And guarantee better, not to, better not to cut you off. I think it's going to help your point. But really, the last time that the Buffs were prominent was when they were playing within the same division against the University of New Mexico, my alma mater. Yeah. Because when they went into the that's Big 12. That's how long it's been. Because when they went into the Big 12, they were – Behind at the time they were behind Oklahoma, Texas, Texas AM, Texas Tech, and Nebraska. So they were like at the bottom tier of another Power Five conference. 
So, but the other thing, I kind of just blanked out where I was going to go with this now. <laughs> Move along. It's going to come back. Hey, Canadian Ryan, what do you got on anything that maybe I've said or anything that's been said since uh, your, your opening little take on it? Well, well, just to add on to that point, right, like um, about Deion Sanders uh, getting like all these recruits, right? Like, dude, if there's going to be so many, the, the transfer portal is already insane as it is, right? Like you see, like there's like, 1200 kids or something in it like, in college football fucking crazy for one sport yeah yeah Deion sanders is gonna have his pick and he's gonna fuck he's gonna build him into a fucking contender man and it's gonna be crazy to see like you know <laughs> yeah. i think i think the pac-12 could boom with him being serious but like i do agree with caleb in the sense like if he really wants to be relevant, he should probably leave the Pac-12 to go to like the Big Ten. I wouldn't say the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve losing Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. That's what I'm saying. I think I think the two twelve conferences are just gonna, and then everybody's gonna kind of just figure around. Some some schools gonna get demoted, and you're gonna have those Big Four uh, places. I mean, again, like I I do agree. It wouldn't shock me. If CU leave, but there's also a lot of moving parts. That no, this this definitely isn't like a next year thing. This is oh no, like the next decade. But I'll also be the I'll also be the somewhat of a realist and kind of um on the situation. There's also no chance that by the time that it's actually BCU is capable of actually making that jump, that Dion's still the head coach. You think that you think that he might look at an upgrade to say like say Miami's yeah. coach goes. And then he's like, "Oh, Miami Hurricanes. That's got some legacy there, dude." I, I get the Miami attitude. That's just an example. This is an example. No, you're 100. No, Miami. I don't know if Miami would be the one, but like, if like two or three years down the road, like CU's, like let's say has won a Pac-12 championship, you know, have a, has a seven to eight win season, back to back years. Florida State's head coaching job is available. See, Dion be gone in, in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, Any, anything in the SEC, Dion be gone in the heart. I didn't know his alma mater off the top of my head, or else that would have been the first one that I yeah. Mentioned. That's why the only reason I'm saying like now nah, he's not going to Miami. <laughs> he might end up with the Atlanta Braves. You never know. Be, be the manager of the Braves, yeah. They yeah, that some, would be something. Get some money out of that for sure. Oh, he would. He would. So yeah, but, it would. It wouldn't shock me if like three years down the road, if the SEC came calling or Florida State came calling, Dion. Would would highly consider it's kind of like, yeah, I fucking hate him, but Mel Tucker, you know, he was CU's head coach and the recruiting was tremendous and all that. This was only three years ago, one season with one season for CU, and they actually got a bowl game bowl game under him. Immediately jumped to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So you don't think that this is necessarily a, a long term plan for primetime? Uh, for primetime, no. CU, yes, it was at the CU. He'd never leave. Um, and he hasn't even coached the game yet, but I just, I mean, D- Dion's one that prove himself and take on a challenge. Jackson state was a challenge in its own. And he revived that program in two and a half years. That led the two championships for them. Dion immediately was like, bring on power five. He got a power. He got power five. Now, mm-hmm. and now he's going to say, give me Bama. 
Dio would be Dio would be the one to call for like give me give me Saban's job. So Stokes, I don't want to yeah. like um I don't want to step on your toes here as host, but I just have a question no. I want to pitch out to you guys. Um, just as kind of a an easy bar setting here, I'm gonna set the over under at three and a half years. Does primetime stick there for more than three and a half years? Say say he has an say he has an okay tenure after three seasons. He's gotten eight nine wins a year. He wins. Let's say he wins two bowl games in those last two years. Hmm. Does he stick around for that fourth year or is he out? Canadian Ryan, what do you got? Oh, man. Well, okay. I think the school he would truly leave for in the like early is FSU because like their head coach is Mike Norvell, right? That's his name. Mm-hmm. He, dude, FSU has been so fucking poverty. They've been bad the since Jameis Winston, like since he left. It's been so yeah. bad. Crab legs, baby. Like just everything about them. Terrible O line. They somehow produced like NFL caliber running backs in that time like Dalvin Cook, Cam Akers. But like they've been shit. So shit. And I can see Deion Sanders, you know, you talk about like, oh yeah, he embraced the Jackson State Challenge, you know, build up an HBCU that was, you know, really down on their luck. And then he goes to Colorado, Power Five, another school down on their luck, irrelevant type. Like, I think if FSU came calling in the next year or two, he might be gone. So, you, so you think that uh, overall is is Colorado uh, a longer than a four year stop? No, I, I I don't think so. Okay, unless Mike Norvell immediately like, becomes like the Nick Saban of FSU, I don't <laughs> I don't see it. Got it. So <laughs> Stokes, what about you? All right. Um, no, I don't mostly because of his commitment to Jackson state initially and how, I'm not saying he didn't live up to expectations there. I'm just saying from his, um, initial press conference timeline and excitement, he really didn't meet what they were looking for. Right. He signed in 2020 with Jackson state. That's like two years. Wow. Yeah, two years and change, basically, from when he signed. And man, like he's going to keep doing these crazy, insane things that are going to get him promoted. Not not because he wants to go, I would say, from Colorado, but because he has to, because the money is so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Better how then? What about you? And then I'll. uh... I'll give my little answer on it and then we can move on to whatever. So I, my, I, I would love if, if like Dion was here for like five years and he just runs this program, but I, I, it's a no for me. I think he'd be gone exactly at three years because the second he has two decent years as a head coach, like SEC programs will be calling, but if, Florida State could just let that fire their coach and be like, come home, Dion. It's an easy sell for FSU. So I say no as well. I think he's gone in under four years, three and a half, if you want to call it. One thing I want to add on, and then Caleb, I'll let you speak for Stokes because you were talking about like the way he kind of just up and left Jackson State and it was just like. And I don't want it to sound unceremonious. Like he he's earned it he's done jackson state the due diligence that the contract wanted uh, well he did yeah i would say he did 
it's the other end of it. And this is a story that came out this week. I don't know if you guys saw it. Apparently, one of the impacts on why Dion wanted to leave Jackson State was not just like to like, go to a better program, um, it's, but that Jackson State was not paying him. Um, he got it. So he got his main salary and all that, like that was getting paid. But one of the apparently one of the aspects of his contract when he signed with Jackson State is all the money that he would bring in by merchandise, tickets, media, and all oh, that. No. He got a percentage of it. I and don't he, know. What, he hasn't gotten that percentage, has he? He hasn't seen a single cent. Jesus, you sign a contract, you got to follow through. Come on. So that could be a factor of why he's left Jackson State. Man, Colorado, I hope you're listening and paying attention. So my, t- my take on it would be this. I'm also a no, but I think that there's a there's potential for him to stick around longer than that if what I think should happen comes true where Colorado gets invited to a bigger conference. And obviously the pay grade goes up, the funding goes up, Dion gets a little bit of a raise. Oh, hey, we'll give you like a three-year extension, whatever. Throw 70 million at you. And you stick around, help us build for this big 10 thing, and then you can go wherever you want. And I think Dion might be interested in that. But- I think I think by the time that actually happens, is you actually might see the the four super conferences I talked about back in the summer. Yeah, and I and I, I've been fully with you on that since the get-go. That like, I think that this is pretty much a done deal. Hmm. So let me throw out a different question to you guys. Who is the first NFL team that Deion Sanders signs with to be the head coach? You think he's going to go NFL? <laughs> yeah. With this ascension from an HBCU to CU to God only knows where, yes, I really do think so. You know what? Give me Tampa. Tampa. McChesney says Tampa. Benner, who you got? I'm I have I'm picturing the teams that he played with and like Dallas. It, I know it's like he, he ain't gonna he, fuck wouldn't, her. he wouldn't he wouldn't live with Jerry Jones. Exactly. Oh, yeah. he, exactly. He, yes. he would, hey, uh, just an update, guys, about the Deion Sanders conversation. Remember, I told you about that running back. He just flipped them from Notre Dame today. A four-star Kansas Gatorade player of the year. <laughs> kind of boulder. Um <laughs> prime time, baby. Um so yeah, he's not gonna deal with Jerry's shit. Um, I Atlanta would be a hard sell just because of the state that Atlanta's in. Honestly, like I could see him coaching for Baltimore. Get him with get him he, with Lamar. He, he would need Harbaugh to go. Yeah, Harbaugh could be gone soon if they lose Lamar. Or if they or the threat of losing Lamar is actually real. We do love pink slips on this show. Canadian Ryan, where does Prime end up? You know, I got one half joke and then one serious answer. The I'll half say Tampa just because I said it. Inevitably drafts his son. Like you be. The other my being serious one, I know Banner just said I don't he doesn't think he'd go here, but I actually think he could. It would be the Atlanta Falcons. Because I feel one, they'd be desperate enough. Because Arthur Blank, you know, after the 20 to 3 Super Bowl loss, right? Like he's He's getting desperate. You know, Pretty sure he, he caught cancer a little bit after oh. that, too. Oh. Yeah, that's always a downer. So, he has that glory. He fumbles it, man. He's going to get desperate. Arthur Smith, I mean, he might get another year or two. I don't know. Like, 
who knows with Arthur Smith. I think, you know, Deion Sanders could see this as the perfect opportunity to rebuild an NFL team that he used to play for. It's in a prime, you know, market like Atlanta. Atlanta's a good football market. They, they boom there, you know. I think he would really embrace that challenge because he, all of his other, you know, you know, Jackson State and Colorado, those are legitimate challenges, right? Like to build up those programs. I think he could come in and I think he would be confident enough that he could build the Falcons into. So you would think he'll even need another college job after the Colorado thing? Well, who knows, right? He's the thing. And we're we're talking five years from now. Maybe, maybe like, you know, the Falcons blow up after they get CJ Stroud or whatever. Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows? Deion Sanders. I think people forget he's almost sixty, or like is sixty. Really? Like, no, I think he's fifty-seven. He's fifty-five. Fifty-five. Oh, I thought I thought he was older than that. My bad. I did too. Holy hell! <laughs> hell, I split the difference. Let's go. I, I knew he was born in the nineteen sixties. I thought it was like earlier in the nineteen sixties. But yeah, no. Um, he's uh, if he's gonna go to the NFL, it it's gonna be soon. If he's gonna go like. He's he's not the youngest guy in the world, right? To just get out there and get his feet wet, feet wet with coaching. So we'll we'll have to see. I I would I think Atlanta would be the most intriguing, but I could also see one latch onto like a Super Bowl contender because he might be older. He'd be like, all right, yeah, fuck it, it's my last chance. Do like a little McVay thing. Nice. He only sticks around for a handful of years. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Here's here's a legit question though. It's not question is not will Deion Sanders be talent as a coach in the NFL, but will he put up a Rogers bullshit? What do you think? Why do you think Dion barely associates with the NFL anymore? Yeah, he wouldn't do that. He was on NFL Network, wasn't he? Yeah, and then he just like I, I, he made like guest appearances and then was just never on the channel anymore. And then he shows up at Jackson State. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, yeah, I don't think he would put up with the professional riffraff um, like, that most NFL coaches have to put up with. Yeah, it's not. Dion was already known for having issues with how the NFL ran when he was He'll a player. He'll be a little bit closer to Belichick than uh, some like some other you know goody two shoes coach. I don't know one off the top of my head. He, like he, and that's why I think he's going to end up with Seattle. <laughs> he's going to replace Pete Carroll. If nothing else, when Pete Carroll dies in like four years, the yeah, yeah, I yeah, it's either there or the Los Angeles Chargers, just because they're a very similar story to Jackson State. Chargers would probably have to go through two more coaches before they get a chance. I think. Oh yeah, I'm not saying this is going to happen next year. I think he'd fit well in Seattle culture, just like I think he'd fit really well in Tampa. They're similar in more ways than you would think, other than oceans. Well, for different for different reasons, Tampa is a little bit more, you know, it's a little bit more flashy. It's not great, not great flashy, but a different kind of flashy. It's kind of like it's kind of like Florida State. That's kind of how I look at the two. Um, and then obviously Seattle is a little bit more football oriented. It's a, it's got some swag to it. It always it has since the Legion of Boom, and I think that's actually a great storyline that I didn't think about. Oh, hey, best corner in NFL history, going to Seattle, rebuild that great secondary. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting places, but obviously we're we haven't even started year one of Colorado, so I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah, and he still has a bowl game with Jackson State, in mm-hmm. which 
we wish uh, Prime all the best in the world in that game. But before we get to that game, let's go ahead and take a break. But coming up, the gang runs through our Giuseppe Strombone Riddu of the Week. Yeah. And this time we're traveling to the Shadow Realm, a.k.a. Benner's Hideaway, a.k.a. Interdimensional Travel 1616A, et cetera, et cetera. For this one, you're listening to Plaster Negotiations, where none of the debates are legally binding. Welcome back to Plaster Negotiations, where none of the debates are legally binding. And Zoe, Big Zoe, there's no Big Zoe in the house. He's not here. He's not here. Oh, my gosh. Benner, what are we going to do without Big Zoe? It's time! In honor of the phenomenal rebranding of a famous magic story out of the UK turned American bang noodle wielding and probably from New Jersey wizard. Our next segment is the Giuseppe Strombone Redo of the Week. Yeah. All the hands. All of it like this. Uh, premise is simple. I give a scenario to the panel that happened in recent memory. The panel determines how they would change the execution of the plan. Just saying, don't do the plan. Well, that gets you a loss. You do Sailor Jerry's or Jepson's Malort or any of the fine liquors that we want to abuse our Cucumber Gatorade. Yeah, or Cucumber Gatorade. Mm. Oh my gosh, March cannot come soon enough. It can't. It can't. It can't. And we have birthdays in the same month, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, you're at the end of the month, right? Yep. March 26th, Easter, baby. 20 days after me. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. But before we get there, Florida man, Florida man, Florida man, Florida man. On December 4th, a Florida man crashed his pick up truck into a house <laughs> like you do and ran away from the scene. Also, like you shouldn't do in Flagler County, sheriffs say that Aiden Salco Maldonado, after being picked up after the fact, smelled of booze. We wouldn't know what that smells like, but apparently the sheriffs do. When asked why would you run your pickup truck into a house, Maldonado said, quote, that he saw a shadow, a shadow, run into the road, unquote. Damn house just seemed to be in the way. That's my extension of his quote. Mick Chesney, we're going to start with you on this one. In this scenario, you are the shadow. You were out for a little stroll late that night. You almost got hit, but even worse, the way to your dimension, the shadow realm itself was witnessed by some layperson a muggle if you will how do you fix this situation so that maldonado doesn't blow the shadow realms cover so uh listen i know that there's some real strict rules about the whole shadow realm thing right you know we we can't be seen incredibly strict you can't be seen you can't let the realm be exposed you know it's always constantly moving but i here i was i just had to go get a red bull real quick I went to the gas station, went and got it, came back, almost got hit by this douchebag in the pickup truck. So now I got to deal with this shit because I made a mistake. So 
the plan is to kidnap the muggle, all right? Liam Neeson style. You go in, you grab him, you better shut up or else I'm going to lay this thing in your head. You know, with the thick Irish accent, the whole nine yards. Yes. And um, we're going to put him in the in the Shadow Realm gulag and just lock him up in there. And he will never see the light of day again. And he will always be tormented by Shadow Liam Neeson. Tell him about, I have a very particular set of skills. And it, it'll be great. So, yep, Shadow Liam Neeson, make sure this thing is all cleaned up, doesn't happen with his very particular set of skills. And... <clears throat> It'll be all good. So it's nice and quick and easy. And I think the whole problem is solved. Shadow Realm gets moved. We are good. So McChesney banking on Liam Neeson from Taken and not Liam Neeson from episode one of Star Wars. Canadian Ryan, what are you doing to ensure that the Shadow must Realm must train the boy? That... He is the chosen one. My dying Liam Neeson voice. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was no. gonna say it was Liam Neeson after chain smoking for three years, but well, yeah. he also got stabbed in the chest with a lightsaber. I think that's pretty close to how he'd sound. Oh, too. you're going with that one just after Darth Maul. Oh, that's so morbid. It was an extra air hole he could breathe. Here's the chosen one, Obi Wan. You you have to train him. Promise me. I will, master. Red Marlboros only. Oh, God. Before it gets into a Star Wars discussion, <laughs> Canadian Ryan, put us back on track. So, as a member of the Shadow Realm, I like to like, change personalities and change, you know. Well, I would like, just became Liam Neeson, so go for it. Okay. Well, I'm thinking you morph into different beings and you gaslight the living shit out of Valdonado into, you know, turning crazy, like schizophrenic type crazy. And there, people, any anytime he goes, like, oh, yeah. I saw this like shadow realm thing. You could be like, dude, I think you're just fucking crazy. Like, it was speaking to me in different languages and stuff like that. It was it, it, like cosplayed as like my mom or something like that. Like, you gaslight the living shit out of that guy and make him go mentally crazy. And then you just disappear like that. And there, how, how, you know. The only people that would believe him are like the crazy conspiracy theorist people, and nobody believes these people anyway, right? So that's the way. Because Caleb, I was gonna steal Caleb's kidnapping idea, but I, I, I think that's a little too nothing. Like, to nothing tops the Liam Neeson. But I think if you're not gonna do that, you might as well just manipulate the shit out of this guy and believe. What would be your part. main like go-to personality? Like, would you be Tom Brady? Tell us, dude, man, you're crazy. I'm Tom <laughs> Brady. You're insane. Here, buy buy this cucumber. Uh, water that's going to help you with pliability no i would just buy my snake oil different different people in his life like probably morph into like his dog or something like that if you morph into like his that. dog <laughs> just like i said just <clears throat> gaslight mentally gaslight the shit out of this guy and make him turn crazy and so nobody will believe him when well, he's florida so he's inherently crazy i hope your plan works yeah well, you know what? I, like I said, the kidnapping idea, idea got stolen, so I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, but mind games does work. It really does. Speaking of mind games, Benner, what is your solution? A master of mind games. <laughs> so we were talking, you guys both mentioned the absolute personality of your uh, of your uh, demon dark shadow thing. The, the shadow person. Their personalities. My my dude's personality. He is a forty five year old um, rocked out stepdad named Glenn Close, 
Um, oh, Glenn from Florida. <laughs> I've heard of him. You know, he's, he's on the sex offender no. list. He, 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 he's, he's rocked out, man. But, you know, the shadow realm, it's all about the rock and roll still. Every single day. And he, so this dude hit this dude almost hits him with his truck. He's like, man, why'd you do that? But then he realizes that he's exposed himself to the human eye. So he's fixed this, but Glenn wants to do something nice with people too. So this being, this happening in December, he were, oh, it's December. You know, you know who's a favorite fellow Christmas? Santa Claus. So he's going to use his shadow person powers to make Santa Claus appear. Okay. But Glenn forgets while trying to be nice that his powers are pure evil and darkness. So when he makes Santa Claus appear, and he accidentally creates zombie claws. And this isn't no like undead zombie. This is Rob Zombie, the dark metal head, but in Santa Claus form. And he's here to sing some Christmas tunes, but instead of in the form of his famous song, Dragula. And he's got the most cheerful lyrics at all for y'all. Let them sugar plums dance inside your head. I may watch you sleep as you lay in dead. So this motherfucker starts rocking out. Everyone thinks it's a, he thinks it's gonna absolute party, but everyone just realizes, oh fuck, a demon Rob Zombie Santa Claus is now rocking out in the middle of our suburb. We need to fix this. And so the Catholic Church gets called in. The army, the navy, they got to deal with demons now. And that all escalates. And so rocked out Glenn Close, Shadow Dad, he disappears and hides the shadow room. Man, escalate to de-escalate. What a strategy. And a hell of a lot of references to another podcast that uh well benner introduced me to called dungeons and daddies if you haven't listened to it oh my god give it a listen what's it about um a and d campaign i'm good uh no oh, you're not. not you are not you need to understand a little bit of your generation's culture there mr mcjesney holy shit it is a fine fine podcast um, they have a Patreon, Dungeons and Daddies Patreon. Just Google that. All the good things will appear. Hours and hours upon hours of content. It's so good. It's so good. So I was hoping that Benner would lean into that more. But man, thanks. You, thanks. You, you, you took care of business. And this is where Stokes tells us we're all wrong, and this is the ultimate, the ultimate ending. No, no. I think you guys actually had better endings than. I did for this one, um, mostly because two of the three of you guys really took the jigsaw route, which was my go-to. Um, jigsaw route? Sort of, kind of. You took aspects of it. It would really dilute the whole product that I had in mind. <sighs> so how do you do this? You want to make sure that the shadow realm is kept square. Um, it's real simple although not the correct solution. You call on your boy, Sora. And you say, motherfucker, you're supposed to keep these asshole shadow fucking things in the shadow realm. 
To which he'll respond like, yeah, I've been doing that. Who the fuck are you? Anyways, after a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, you have a seven-year-old child, roughly, seven to 13, go up to a set of cops and defend this dude running into a house and just say, no, officer, he was just really, really, really fucking drunk. So kind of like Ryan's gaslighting thing. A little bit. A little bit. Just a hair. Not enough Liam Neeson. No, but I do appreciate the Kingdom Hearts reference. Oh, yeah. You need that shit. And if they don't want to comply, you just have Goofy come out and then be like, you're going to fucking go ahead and tell all of the cops that they need to just go ahead and fuck the fuck off. And then that's how it's fucking done. At least somebody else did an impression. Yeah. I give you Rob Zombie. Yeah, that that one was R.I.P. headphone users. <laughs> as or as Rob Zombie is. Yeah, you know, like this side of the panel has done some impressions. So, um, McChesney, because you threw it out there, what impression would you do to make the cops go away? Make the cops go away, or whoever from discovering the shadow realm. Oh, that one's political. Can't do it. Um. Mm. You can do it. Listen, everybody, we need you to clear the premises. We need you to go away. Stand down. Stand by. Let this man go. He's just drunk. There's no shadow. Believe me, I would know a shadow. I know the best shadows. My shadow is the best shadow. Please leave these folks alone. Thank you. That's, that's Trump impersonation was, was, was the worst Trump impersonation I have ever seen. It was not, it, you can't do a Trump impersonation. Believe me, I Trump. know Trump impersonations. I have the best Trump impersonations. That's, no, no, that's what I, they tell me. I am Donald Trump, so I know Donald Trump impersonations, and yours was not the toppest. It was I with the greatest and very big hands. You see these hands? They're just so big, yeah, big yeah. hands. Yeah, yeah, too big, too big hands. Oh my god. I think we need to continue that at a later date, but um Canadian Ryan, what's your impersonation? Oh god, I don't know if Ryan can do impressions. I I think he can. I have faith. Well what what kind of impression do you want? What do you you guys tell the cops? Hi, I'm from Canada. I have syrup. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh you you want some moose, eh? All right, all right, all right. What's going on, eh? You, uh, hey, buddy, you got a problem? There's nothing going on here, eh? You know, I'm not your buddy, guy. That's your guy, pal. I like fart in the cop's face. I walk away. (laughs) Fart in the cop's face. I walk away. (laughs) Excellent. That's terrible. (sighs) I'm a Canadian fresh. It's terrible. I just, just get like 10 beers deep. Give me 10 beers deep, and I'll start talking in my natural accent. All right. All right. So drink nine more. You got this. You got this. You got this. All right. I so I think mine would go something like this. Oh, hey there. Yeah, you 
think you guys are a bunch of cops how about you go and give your balls a tug there how about you realize that this ain't the fucking shadow realm there's a guy that's just walking about there oh yeah you guys really thought that it was just a shadow or oh, just hanging out going along for a stroll at midnight you can go and fuck off there eh dude there's like a combination of so many accents i can't even begin it's meta <laughs> super meta baby and with that we got one more break but when we come back the panelists give their nominees for the alex moran player of the week you're listening to plaster negotiations follow us on the social medias at plastered pod stay tuned we'll be back in a little bit Welcome back to Postured Negotiations, where none of the debates are legally binding. Each week, we ask our panelists to find what we call the Alex Moran Player of the Week. The criteria is simple. We're looking for an individual who wants to live their best life, the true backup life. All of the glory. None of the work. Canadian Ryan. God bless you. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us last time, too. But we ask you, who is your nomination for the Alex Moran Player of the Week? Nominations. You know, while I, I was thinking during the break, I had two. I'm going to add a third, and it's going to be a player into this. So I'll give you my three Alex Moran Players of the Week. I know it's three a little bit Let's fucking go. My three are Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, and Leonard Fournette. Lardy and- Lenny, baby. No, he's all Tampa centric. You know, dude, Byron. Okay, I'll start top bowls. Top bowls. There's a reason why some coaches are lifelong coordinators. He is a prime example. Dog shit coach. I don't. I know the Bucks defense has been okay. You know they've been good, but overall, like an overall head coach, he is fucking trash. One of the worst coaches I've ever seen. Terrible at managing the clock. Too conservative. He's more conservative than Rush Limbaugh. Sorry to get political. Um, oh, shit. You know, fucking garbage. <laughs> you play scared when you have the greatest fucking QB ever. Are you fucking joking me? You're a clown for that shit. And this is good stepping back to the Cleveland loss. Even like before, like the New Orleans loss, punted in like the 37 yard line. You have the GOAT. What are you fucking doing? Are you serious, man? I don't give a shit if your defenses are good. You have the greatest QB ever. Let him fucking sling. I don't give a fuck. He's 45. Let him throw. Okay, Steve Dangle oh. with the let him throw. I'm so happy for the Rush Limbaugh reference. I was not expecting that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was really underground. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit and he's dead that's so funny anyways you know byron Lefwich. you know i saw some interesting little fun little stats and by fun i mean i want to smash my head against this fucking table my uh, elbows are leaning on right now the Tampa bay buccaneers are the best team in the league at running no huddle sets and play action do you want to guess who runs them the least in the nfl hmm. the tampa bay motherfucking buccaneers they have mm. the worst rushing efficiency in the league. Do you want to know who runs the ball the most in the league? The I Denver would. Motherfucking Buccaneers. 
This motherfucker, Byron Leftwich, is one of the worst play callers I've ever seen. He makes me yearn for fucking Josh McDaniels football. And I hated Josh McDaniels. He's overrated the entire time. But holy shit. I'm going to say this off air. Off air, Ryan said he'd rather have Matt Patricia than Byron Leftwich come on plays. That's how bad Byron Leftwich is, though. Matt and I'm Patricia, saying I would take Byron Leftwich over Matt Patricia in a heartbeat. No, no, no. Matt Patricia would be Brady's little bitch. Brady would cuck that, man. <laughs> Brady, meanwhile, is a good little soldier to Byron and Todd because he doesn't want to step on their toes because he's still kind of the new guy in the organization. Except he, he had no problem getting Bruce Brady. Arians the boot. Ah, I don't know about that. I don't think Tom necessarily is the forcing coaches out guy, judging off the way he's been acting all year. Like, oh, you know, I got to give credit to Todd and Byron. They really cooked up a great gameplay. Shut the okay, fuck just because he doesn't paint it that. nice like Aaron Rodgers doesn't make him, like, he doesn't paint it, he paints it nicer than Aaron Rodgers doesn't make him any less of a douche than Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers Dude, I wish like, he was is a hell of a douche. Sometimes. I, would, I would have campaigned to freaking uh, Jason Light to get these guys fired after that Pittsburgh loss. Are, like, are you fucking joking me? Wait, did you this Buccaneers up? actually lose to the Steelers? Yes. Not even the Patriots did that. Without Mika Fitzpatrick, Cam Sutton, <laughs> and they had the worst pass defense in the league, and they fucking still lost. So what's your beef with Lardy Lenny? He's fat. He's <laughs> fat. Literally, he's oh, lemon geez. pepper Lenny for a reason. He probably shows up to the stadium with like a fucking 20-pack wings from fucking Wingstop. It's <laughs> lemon pepper flavored. You know, he's so <laughs> fucking We're predicting flavors for Phil to run like a Saquon Barkley. Like, bro. So you think if Jameis Winston was still in Tampa, there'd be some trouble with Lardy Lenny? Oh, my fucking God, dude. <laughs> Lardy Lenny and fucking <laughs> Jameis Winston would be quite the deal. You know, at least Jameis Winston's actually a pretty funny guy. Lardy Lenny, trying to watch him play football, man, makes me bash my head against the table. Remember when he tweeted that photo of EDP on Twitter? Yeah, and ironically enough, he's built like him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Shit. Let's just hope his career doesn't end the same as EDP's did. This this guy's getting paid 21 million American dollars and a a very lowly tax, if taxed at all state in Florida, to show up fat. He's living my dream. I'm a fat boy already. Hey, Tampa, give me 21 million. I'll do the same efficiency as freaking Leonard Fournette. You know, you got a you got a way better rookie running back and Rachad White, and you're finally acknowledging his existence after like months. But yeah, no. Let's let's keep on pounding the rock with uh, lemon pepper Lenny. Yeah, Bucks football, baby. I regret picking them for the Super Bowl, bro. I I need Brady to leave that team as a diehard Tom Brady fan. It's making me like delve further into alcoholism. It's bad. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, that that's is all bad. I got. That there, uh, I have to get the star boys. <laughs> no, don't don't apologize. Like this is kind of like the festivus of every episode. Like, air your grievances, goddammit. And you had fair grievances. Like, I've seen quite a few games amongst them Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially one in person when um, a little-known non-named safety named John Lynch was inducted into their Hall of Fame. And from a fan's perspective, let us climb... On the fucking Buccaneer ship, Tampa Bay. That's not my Alex Moran player of the week, but you really need to let us explore this thing because, goddammit, your football product sucks, even with 
Tom the Goat Brady. Exactly. Good fucking Lord. I mean, he wasn't there at the time, which is why we wanted to explore it more. Um, but yeah, you know, like you don't have to call the cops. They don't need to get involved with us being on a pirate ship that you intentionally built in your stadium. Like, come on. Come on. I was in your practice facilities, and most of you knew that. Anyways, let's go on before I incriminate myself more. McChesney, who is your Alex Moran Player of the Week? Uh, my Alex Moran Player of the Week is uh, is an NFL head coach who has lost to Jeff Saturday, making his first head coaching debut, however, however weeks ago it was. He came from high school football, and he became the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, however many weeks ago that was, and laid a goose egg. And lost to a quarterback who was on his team for a whole two days for making a start on Thursday night football and giving up a two a, a one minute drill to Faker Mayfraud of all people. Josh McDaniels, what the hell is wrong with you? And what the hell is wrong with your product? You have Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and on your best day, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, who's a solid number two receiver. You have this offense that is like Pretty good. I mean, I know the offensive line needs some work. The defense still needs some work, but you shouldn't be letting up. You shouldn't be giving up 16 point leads to the Rams who are on a quarterback of two days who isn't good. Baker Mayfield is trash. He is bad. Like you could have put in John Walford with half a neck and would have gotten the same results, honestly, because Baker's not that dude. The Raiders defense sucks. I just... I don't know what's wrong with Raiders football right now. It's I expected them to be so much better, and they were starting to – they were 5-7. and seven. They were turning the curve. They looked like they could be a potential playoff team that, make, that gets 10 wins, finishes up the stretch. It's like, oh, my God, we're in it. We, we fixed it. We're good. I actually, like, penciled in the Patriots game next week, which got moved out of primetime because nobody on national television wants to see the lazy Patriots and the dump buck Raiders – on Sunday Night Football. Nobody wants to see that. So we no. got flexed for oh. that embarrassment. Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders, who they are trying to throw out of this league. And mm. Brian Dayball and the Giants. And they just tied. They'd rather have a tied football game than you. This this is a shame on the Raiders and the Patriots organization, but I'm going to stick with Josh McDaniels. Oh, Caleb, I could have told you a while back why Josh McDaniels was going to be a failure. No one <laughs> else... <laughs> No one else in this when he left. I felt the same thing when he left, but I had some optimism because they finally started to Caleb. They they, they turned the curve. They Caleb. Caleb. Josh McDaniels back in the day was the coach for the Broncos. Oh, and holy shit! How bad of a job could you do? Holy God! Losing to a Philip Rivers-led San Diego Chargers team multiple times. Without Ladane train too. Hey, uh, Ryan, go I get have. that jersey I got you for. Um, uh, I'd have to go around to my room right now. I, I, I'm good. I'm not I here to. Some... I'm not tolerating this Philip Rivers slander. Now, Philip Rivers no, 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 no. Nothing's wrong with Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers was a tremendous quarterback, but the There's rest of that a were... lot wrong with Philip Rivers. Wait, on a boy, mental... boy, his pullout game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Football, he has fo- more kids than playoff wins. But football-wise, like, he was decent. The rest of that Charger roster, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, after LT, it was bad. But LT wasn't oh. on that team. That's why we're saying. That's what I'm saying. After yeah. LT, it was bad. It was just Rivers yeah. versus the world. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It, 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 ain't Rivers, it ain't Rivers 
bander. It's more like Stokes is not wrong. He was Josh McDaniels led that Broncos team to lose. We shouldn't put Philip Rivers led Chargers in front of that. It's the Chargers. It's not Phil Rivers. But no, it was Philip Rivers. It was that's that's Stokes' point. It was only Philip Rivers, so he lost to no. But he said that like Philip Rivers is trash. Uh, yeah, and like he that? is trash. Oh, okay. yeah, no, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Put some respect on Phil Rivers' name. Future um, 20th ballot Hall of Famer. Felipe Rivers? Is that good but, for you? Yeah, Josh McDaniels. Just the ultimate cock tease. Seth, you two years it, of it, man. You, you, I could have uh, told you. It was such a winnable division between Denver and San Diego. Literally, everything oh, collapsed. Shit. Everything we went, collapsed. Yeah, Holy we stopped cheating. Shit. We stopped cheating. I'm sorry. So bad. Yeah. So you know why we went? I'm just, I'm just saying. That first year of Josh McDaniels, we started out 6-0. Then... Oh, I'm on Josh McDaniels now. I'm off the Denver Josh McDaniels. But no, this is my point. Like, but because such a saying that there was so much potential. Yeah. And it fell apart. Yeah, because we got caught cheating. We went get went 6-0. Then Josh's like childhood friend got caught filming the 49ers practice. Mm-hmm. He's then not we, as sneaky as Belichick. Then we went two and eight. <laughs> that Belichick got caught. Come on. Yeah, but Belichick was able to handle it. He's got better lawyers. So what? He 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 got a fine and they lost a draft pick. But they yeah, didn't he didn't stop losing games. And Robert Kraft got a hand job. But anyways, better continue. That was ten years that was ten years later, Stokesy. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's all relevant. Happy ending's a happy ending, damn it. Yeah, speaking of Deshaun Watson made his return last week and sucked. God fucking damn it. But but to finish up my McDaniels point, you were turning the curve. You have one of the great cores in the NFL right now that's playing like at a really high level. Devontae Adams still playing like the best receiver in football. Josh Jacobs is starting to make the Raiders look bad for declining his fifth-year option. And Derek Carr, say what you will about him, pretty good. Probably a top-10 quarterback right now. What, what are you doing? And, yeah, it's, it's just an embarrassment, and I really hope he gets fired and actually comes back to New England as much as I'm ramping on him because Matt Patricia is the only coach worse than him. I mean, he's not going to come back anytime soon. Yeah, because you can't fire him because they're cash poor. Exactly. So, and, uh, actually, let's add on to this Alex Grant Player of the Week. Al Davis, or Mark Davis, whatever the kid's name is. Not Al Davis. Yeah, Al Davis is actually rolling in his grave because of his son's stupid haircut and his stupid decisions. Actually, he's probably celebrating his son because Al Davis did some stupid shit. But yeah, Raiders football, Josh McDaniels, Mark Davis. What, what the hell's wrong with you? Get it together. Benner, you're Alex Marion, player of the week. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm. It's not in football. Um, I'm gonna. I thought I thought when you freaked out about jo- about me saying Deshaun Watson, that was your pick, and I was like, that's a good one. But nah, I care pe- care less about that piece of shit. I hope he disappears. Um, I said that on air, uh, <laughs> but I mean, no, mine's not an action in sports. Um, I got to give a shout out to James Cameron because he's been living the back of Hollywood life for God knows 13 years now. <laughs> you know, he goes on this run of tremendous fucking movies. Um, Piranha 2, The Terminator, The Abyss, Aliens, Terminator 2, True Lies, then he makes Titanic. You know, and it's like, all right, we don't hear from him again until 
fucking 12 years later when he comes out with Avatar. Wait, do we actually think Avatar is a good movie? No, it's a fucking piece of shit movie. Okay, okay. good, good, good. Like, visually... Please don't get me on this. Vi- like, visually, it's like one of the most amazing movies ever made visually. But no, like, it's not. Outside of that movie, that script is... It's fucking, like... Trash. Dances the world. Who's the guy that plays the starring role? I don't know. What the hell is Trashy McTrasherson? He's he's not good in any of his movies. I've seen him in, like, a bullshit movies, actor. And he sucks. He sucks. Bro, it's that, literally... Bro, it's literally dances with wolves, but with Smurfs. Okay, Ryan. Ryan, what are you about to say? I've Canadian, never seen Ryan, Avatar. You haven't seen Avatar? I don't. You know what? The only parts of Avatar I've ever seen is when I used to walk through Costco when I was younger, and they'd be on the fucking TVs all the time there. I've never watched the movie. Maybe I'll have to show, have to show you interest in it, and like we watched Morbius and shit. No, no, don't. no. It's a three-hour movie. Don't do that to him. No, but, no, no, thanks. I'd fall asleep. Here's, here's my point is that like James Cameron like went on like this long like spin of like tremendous action in sci-fi movies like Terminator 2 is tremendous Aliens is tremendous True Lies you know for as far as Arnold Schwarzenegger's acting can go it's a fun movie um, it's tremendous and then you know he takes a 12 year span after Titanic which is he made enough fucking money he could probably do whatever the hell he wants and then 12 years later, he makes Avatar, which makes enough fucking movie money that he can do whatever the hell he wants again. And so the only time you ever hear from James Cameron now is just like, oh, someone broke Avatar records. Let me re-release it to break, get those records back. And now the now you get a new movie from him. And what it is it? It's Avatar 2, Way of the Sprinkler System. I don't know. Fuck him. Um, but yeah, so now, like James Cameron, that goes on the span of making tremendous action sci-fi movies, sticks to one franchise now over the last twelve years. Dude, you... I guess he's. Ba- I guess I saw a report that maybe this is fake that he has like five of these done. He's been saying he's had five of these done since two thousand ten. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, do we have to sit through five more of these? No, no, no one's going to. I'm sorry. This is going to be a big flop. Like I, look, I, I feel it's going to be a big flop. I yes. do too. I really do. He needs to break a billion dollars just to break even. Like in, James, the, in the era of streaming, no way. In James Cameron, yeah. you could James Cameron could have had one of like the best filmographies out there for directors for what he already started out with, and then he relied on. He just sat back and fed off two movies. For 24 years. Yeah, I just don't see this going well for him. So he's just no. fuck off, James Cameron. Like, I don't give a shit what anyone says. You are the you were just in the back lot of H- of Hollywood. The Josh McDaniels of uh You are the Josh directors. McDaniels of of directors that you were you had some tremendous, tremendous stints. But why was that? Oh, you had Arnold Schwarzenegger in like three of your movies. You had Sigourney Weaver and Tom Brady. Yeah, you had Sigourney Weaver putting in one of the best sci-fi performances ever. Good, good, good that's a good comp. That's a good comp. James Cameron, Josh McDaniels. That's a great comp. Appreciate you, Caleb. There it is. Fuck you, James Cameron. Me, you have till Friday. You have till Friday. <laughs> oh. Shit. If you've heard any of our previous podcasts, you know what that means. Anyways, James Cameron, Benners, <laughs> Alex Marion, Player of the Week. After that very convincing argument, I too want to say James Cameron, but I'm not. 
I'm going to stick with my original. Can any of you guys tell me who Carl Durrell is? Mm-mm. Nope. Nah. Hmm. He's the current coach for CU Boulder. Yeah. My <laughs> Alex Moran player of the week, Carl Durrell, you lasted long enough three years in Colorado to hit fucking retirement matching. Good for you. As they say in Major League Baseball, after 10 years, you have hit pension. Enjoy the good life. And I like that you're going to hand off the team to Prime. I really do. Man, that's fucked up. It is fucked up. But no more fucked up than two people saying a film that made a lot of people commit suicide. That director is... The Alex Moran Player of the Week. Oh. Or the the football rants that me and Ryan went on. Oh. That too. Oh. That too. Yeah, fuck James Cameron. Honestly. I really he think He probably that's... doesn't, Benner. That's that's why he makes these crap movies to put us through it. I'm going to go disturb the Titanic for the 12 times. Not like it's a legit grave or anything. Oh. Honestly. Didn't even think about that. Oh, fuck you, James Cameron. And with that, we thank you for joining us for this week's rendition of Plaster Negotiations. And again, nothing we said was legally binding. Thank Christ. Fuck James Cameron. Fuck James Cameron. As always. You grave robbing bitch. 21 means 21. Designate a driver. Drink responsibly. And above all else, be good people. On behalf of our designated debater, the Mac, Caleb McChesney, interdimensional time traveler, Ryan Benner, and our special guest, Canadian Ryan. Send him back with his passport. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. I see how it is. Uh, I see how it is. Okay. They have need- cards for that. You have to go to a real country for passports. Whoa. Jesus fucking Christ. Don't wow. worry, folks. I will educate better on the importance of starting here, Stokes. Um, World War Two. No, I'm not starting with Nickelback. I'm not doing it because that is quite the detriment. But after I talk about how Nickelback sucks, you've been joined this evening by Ryan Benner, Ryan Moore, Caleb McChesney, and myself, Mike Stotes. Follow us on Plastered Pod. We appreciate your patronage. All the social media channels follow us on. We'll see you next week. Yeah.